0: Central at noon is Hockey Central at any time you want it to be. When you subscribe to the podcast at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher, Sportsnet 590 the, the Fan, on demand.
1: Going in for the shot, a shot,
0: It's game day. Austin Matthews wins the game! Getting you set for the Leafs and Sabres. John Tavares with a hat trick! This is the Leafs' morning skate.
2: Sportsnet 590, the fan. All right, a different location, but the same cast of characters. It is Leafs Morning Skate. Jeff Blair, Sean Mathias, Anthony Stewart from the CBC Studios, home of Hockey Central trade deadline coverage. We're in our own little room here. We're walled off from the uh, the high-paid personnel. Look at those, look at those guys. Eh? It's amazing, isn't it? It's just a production here i front.
1: almost didn't get the uh the sport coat memo i was going to come in wearing the regular Stuart hockey hoodie <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, uh, yeah I, I have no idea why i'm wearing a sport well you never know when you might have to do some late breaking tv but uh anyhow the uh trade deadline's three o'clock today we'll have you covered on uh, hockey central trade deadline on all eSportsNet regional channels. I guess the big deal of the day so far, and Mr. Matthias will bring you in because it's close to home in some ways for you. The Winnipeg Jets have acquired Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers for uh, Brendan Lemieux, a first-round pick, a conditional pick. And, of course, you formerly with the Jets. This is It's almost like what they did last year with Paul Stastny, right? It's almost a similar move. These guys, I don't know if they're the same type of players, though, are they? different players but i like kevin hayes a lot he's a very good player he's big
3: he's strong he skates really well he can make good plays he's can score, He can score finish so he's a good pickup he can fit on that third line or that second line and uh winnipeg's a team that can go very deep in the playoffs possibly even push for that stanley cup and i think he's a key pickup i know they were interested in duchene and stone but uh i think kevin haynes is a pretty decent pickup if they couldn't get
2: those two guys
1: You'd look good in a Maple Leafs uh, uniform, but I think the price no, was too the last steep. Thing a they left-handed need is shot, another center. <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah, that's the last thing they need is, a, is, is another center. Um, look, you know that dressing room pretty well. How do, uh, t- tell me how it'll react to having Kevin Hayes
3: join it they're they're gonna be pumped they're a great group of guys the guys are really close there last year with Stasny uh he fit in right away he came in and the guys opened up their arms and let him come in and you know there's great leaders there with Wheeler and Bufflin uh they, they mesh well with one another so I think Hayes is gonna fit in really well I played with his brother he's a good guy uh likes to have fun off the ice and I think he'll fit in well with that group
1: but I'm surprised about Lemieux because, you know, he's that sandpaper guy that you need in the playoffs, that, you know, fourth-line energy guy that can get to the net, score those dirty goals. So it's, uh, you know, that, that they left that they let uh, let him go pretty early in his career, that's a bit of a disappointment for me.
3: And a first-round pick. And a first-round yeah. pick, yeah. And with uh, last year's first-round pick, too,
2: to Stasny. So they're going for it. Yeah, and they – I mean, it, it's also – it's testimony to, to how deep their minor league system is, though, that they feel they can move their their first-round pick. I mean, that, that win of opportunity is only going to be open for another couple of years. I mean, at some point – well, you know, you're going to have to make some pretty significant uh, – you're, you're going to have to make some really significant uh, – contract decisions with players if well they the were Jets. talking
3: about moving logan stanley who they drafted yeah. 14th overall a couple of years ago so they didn't move him and they moved the pick so they must be high on him so they, they do have a lot of depth in that uh prospect pool and they still got that
2: defenseman whose uh, name i can never remember sammy is it the... nick <laughs> something <laughs> yeah. like
3: that
2: they still have they still have him great hair great hair he's on. got great hair oh yeah like like long hair oh, perfect yeah best flow in the league Um, Well, let's talk... uh, We'll talk about the trade deadline uh, with Sean Mathias because you have lots of experience You have lots of experience (laughs) with it. And and it's great because we're going to have Doug McLean and Brian Burke. So we'll have guys who know what it's like to be traded at the deadline, guys who know what it's like to try to make trades at the deadline. But uh, let's talk a little bit about the Leafs. Uh, Of course, the Leafs beating the Montreal Canadiens Saturday. I'm not sure how they... I'm not sure how they did it. I don't even know if they know how they did it. But guys... I'll ask you the same question I'll ask, I asked Luke Fox of, uh, of Sportsnet. Do you feel any differently, Anthony, about this Leafs team now than you did two weeks ago? Any, and, and, and what I mean by that is it, the needs that they have, same needs you saw two weeks ago, or are you seeing something else?
1: I think they still have the same needs. You know, you're not going to be able to be going down 3 nothing. With you know those defensive errors being in the box at you know bad times of the game, you're not and coming back. You're not coming back against, against Tampa or the Boston Tampa. Bruins. Yeah. So I think they got to shore up the defensive uh, you know depth a little bit more. They need that right shot. Uh, I heard you mention you know they don't know what they're doing with uh, with Muzzin yet, but I think they got to add another depth guy. Um, you know like a Agudis in Philadelphia or maybe even possibly a Falk in uh, Carolina. Everyone's mentioned Pesci and Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Why not Falk? We were talking about cost certainty. He has another year left. So he's another guy, defensive stalwart, has a big shot, can play the game the right way. So um, I also think they need more depth, you know, on that fourth line. That fourth line is still not doing it for me. They're, they're sort of... You know, just going up and down, you know, killing the clock, waiting for that, you know, first line to come back on. So, I'd like to see a little bit of heaviness or, as Berkey says, truculence to Mm -hmm. sort of shore that up to sort of, you know, because we're talking about Boston. And we're not meeting Boston in the second round, third round conference finals. It's first round opponent. It's already set that that's who you're going to be playing. So,
2: you have to plan as if you're going to play them. And if you you don't, then it's a bonus. But you you have have to to plan that you're going to be playing Boston in the first round.
1: Yeah, you have to. So, you I've heard names like Cassian and we were talking about Hendricks, uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe a brosiac or something like that. Something that of a player that's proven that can get to that net that can, uh, you know, get their hands and nose a little bit dirty when uh, the things mm-hmm. get tough. Cause that's playoff hockey.
3: I like the uh, Cassian comment. I think he'd be a great pickup for that team, but, I think they need a guy that can go take draws. Uh, Hendricks, he's a good mm-hmm. he's a good guy in the room. He's a great role player. He can win draws. He'd be a good pickup for the team. And I agree with everything you're saying. They need right-handed shots, and they need some more depth because their fourth line, they get hemmed up in their own end way too often. It seems like the puck's always rimmed around to Lindholm, and then they're in their zone for another minute and a half. So we can't have that in the playoffs. Quick
1: question, Hendricks and, uh, and Cassian. Visor or no visor? Do they <sighs> no visor no visor, no
2: visor. I, hey did you wear a visor <laughs> nope I didn't wear one either. now, now you're open a whole new a whole, a whole can of worms here's the here's the problem I have with the least fourth line and you know and Anthony you you were I think it's one of the first things you said when we first had you on I don't know what it is I, I it's not tough enough that's your when I say tough enough in air quotes it's not I don't think it's the type of fourth line you need in the NHL now uh and it's not offensive. There's not a lot of offensive skill there. I, I, I see Tyler Ennis, who I think is probably not a fourth liner. But I see a bunch of guys that are miscast. And I don't, I don't know what use Mike Babcock would have for them in the playoffs, Sean. I mean, going, going into Boston, are, are Gauthier, Lindholm, and Ennis going to do anything for you? I I don't know. I don't think so. I think the Goche has
3: been playing a lot better lately. He's been playing more physical, getting up and down the ice. But I agree with what you're saying. I I think they need more depth there because it's too often they're getting hemmed up in their own end, and they're taking those defensive draws. Mm -hmm. Babcock likes to have his – bottom six guys taking D zone draws and his offensive guys taking all the neutral zone draws and also all the offensive draws, which makes a lot of sense. But if your fourth line's losing all their draws and they're getting hemmed up, it's going to kill your team. And in playoff time, you can't have Matthews going out there, mm-hmm. and Tavares taking all those draws, getting tired because pl- it's going to kill your body. You need four lines going. The teams that win, they always have four lines. So it's a big concern. But at the same time, you don't want to sell – ever the sell the farm to make a run for just this year yeah
1: well you know you hit the nail on the head saying what are they and uh you know i remember my fourth line when i was in uh, in florida was myself camille creps and brett McLean. so we're probably the smallest fourth line in the league and our claim to fame, because we were sort of looking for stats, was, yeah, we were only on for seven goals against the whole entire year. So that's on a team that was fighting for playoffs. And that was our, you know, main stat. But
3: and You probably played really heavy when you got out there.
1: Not really. Brett McLean. he's probably had 25, 25 penalty minutes. Camille Krebs, you know, not the toughest guy. So, and that's on a mid-pack team. So this is supposed to be a team that's competing for the Stanley Cup. So you got to, you got to improve the corps. You got to, you know, you got to. No, you got to have a fourth line worth mentioning.
3: Need heavy. You need them to be heavy. Lindholm's on the ice. He gets pushed from behind, and then it's back to their team. They got the possession. I keep seeing it. And with Gochi, I mean, he's not the greatest skater, but at least he's trucking down the ice. He's getting yeah, in front. He's playing a yeah. big man. Just remember
1: in playoffs when, you know, the, the, the game's sort of going, you know, back and forth and that fourth line gets out there and throws the big hit and there's a scrum in front yeah. of the net. That sort of gets the whole team riled up ready to go because they're doing their job. You know, they're not scoring goals, but they're trying to uh, contribute anywhere they can, whereas the fourth line now is sort of,
2: you know, so going confident. through the motions. Going through yeah. the
1: motions. That's the best way to well, say I,
2: I mean, there, there was a game against Montreal in Montreal where they, they, they were very effective. Uh, the fourth line was very effective but it's been few and far between and I'm, I have less of an issue with Gauthier than than Lindholm because I, I, I think you can Gauthier's size might be useful but I look at a fourth line as a line that needs to give me some energy I look at that game against Montreal Saturday night. that's a perfect game for the fourth line to go out there and yeah like well, here's the thing I will I will accept it won't make me happy but I'll accept the Leafs getting pushed around by some big teams. I will not accept them getting pushed around by the Montreal Canadiens. Max by Domi. Max Domi. Yeah. You know, like well, Tom, was Wilson, that? Tom Wilson. Okay, <laughs> Tom Wilson is going to do what Tom Wilson is going to do. Ryan Reese is going to – he's going to – but come on. Max Domi, i well, got to oh, have some pushback. He's
3: going after Janssen, who had a tough fight last year in the playoffs where he got cut open pretty good. So right. he's not going to fight. And Max Domi is a tough guy. We've seen what he did to Kessler. He can throw him. But – I mean, he's he's a little guy. You need some toughness. And in your fourth line, you see that happening? Go out there and go after someone else. And they don't do that. There's no bite back. And in playoffs against a team like Boston, what are you going to do? you Are you just going to give up to a guy like Char or are you going to fight back? So
1: I was a guy that sort of had to run around a bit, and I would – you know, when there was teams like Toronto, that's when I'd be like, oh, yeah, it's time to play tough because there's no one really there. But when I'm playing Boston, you got Sean Thornton or Waugh in Tampa Bay. I was oh, like, yeah. uh-oh, I'm just going to sort of tuck my tail between my legs, my legs and play hockey tonight. So I think they the need to have someone that at least makes them accountable. You mm-hmm. know, a player like Wayne Simmons, at the end of the day... He can score your 20 goals. He can stand in front of that in the power play. But if stuff, you know, gets out of hand like it did in the stadium series the other mm-hmm. night, he's ready to drop the gloves and cause a big scene. And, you know, San Jose gearing up for a playoff run, they just picked up Haley off of, uh, you know, from Florida. He's yeah. a guy at any drop of a dime, he can make a mockery of the game. So you, you, you need guys well, like that that can obviously play. We're not talking about fighting, but hold the other team accountable. We last year. <laughs> yeah.
3: Look, at, look who picked him up, Vegas, and he was great. And then he signs a two-year deal, 2.75 a year and he was a great pickup. He's got huge his own beer team. line now. Yeah, he does. It's but he he's scares important. players,
2: right? <laughs> yeah, no. But your point is well made. It's not. We're not talking about guys that are going to go out and drop people necessarily, but guys who. Mike. <laughs> but you
1: they had that, and I'm not going to live and die on the, the Matt Martin Hill, but they had that in, Martin, in Matt Martin. But I think it's more so a philosophy of, of, of you know, Mike Babcock and the type yes. of teams that he wants yes. to have. So uh, you know, Matt Martin, in a, in a perfect scenario, he's going to score. I think he's got you know, 12, 15 goals. That's not bad for a fourth-line guy that's going to get you three, four hits a game. There's guys on this team that I don't think have three, four hits in the last you know, week. <laughs> so you need those guys that keep you know, everybody else accountable.
2: And of course, the question is: If you do get that guy, will Mike Babcock use him in the way you want him? You know, I mean, we, we talked about this. I I just don't see. I don't see the thing with Jake Muzzin. I I, I just don't. I, to me, he's he's your top. He's in your top pair right now. I mean, he just is. I don't. I don't think it's a debate. But we remember
1: Mike Babcock with the Olympics, where he wanted the lefties, he wanted righties, he sent yeah, superstars can, home based on the fact yeah, that they weren't shooting right. But you can do that when right you're hand.
2: picking from the best in the league. <laughs> you you know, if your choice is, you know, Mark Edward velasic or something, you're, you're you're picking the cream of the crop. It's a little different here. it's yeah, not true. It's not like it's not necessarily like like you have uh, like you have a lot of options. Um, what do you think the Boston Bruins are thinking right now? Because again, that's I think the team that we all assume the lease will have to go through to get where they need to go. What do you think they're, they're thinking? I mean, they got Lee Stempniak. It's a depth move. they got Charlie Coyle. It's pretty clear that they look at – the Bruins look at the lease and say there's only one area that they're better than us probably, and that's depth. Our, their three lines are probably – top three lines are better than our top three lines. So we've got to add some players that can counteract that. What are you expecting from them at, this, at, at the deadline? Do you think you'll still see them make more moves, Sean? I don't think so. I don't think they want to
3: mess up their chemistry too much. But I think a guy like Marshawn's when he's thinking about playing the Leafs, you look what he's done in playoffs. He's licking Mm -hmm. guys' faces, getting on their skin. So I would expect a lot more of that come playoff time with the Leafs. And I don't think they'll make too many moves because they do have a strong team there. They got good uh, decor there, goaltending. So maybe, if anything, a depth guy. But uh, for the most part, I think they'll be pretty quiet.
1: Yeah, I don't think they're going to make
3: any big moves, but
1: I think their sights are set past Toronto. Mm-hmm. You know, they're worried about I think the Tampa Bay's and you know other teams in the conference that uh, you know because they have their number now for the last couple of years so I think we're in this Toronto hockey bubble where it's Toronto versus Boston and it's the you know the big rivalry but I think Boston in their minds they're thinking about who they're playing second third round and possibly you know who for, for the Stanley Cup
2: All right I've got to ask you this question Sean because we are talking about the trade deadline and I mentioned this uh, you have a uh, first hand experience of what it's like to be traded suitcase i'm a suitcase at the trade deadline <laughs> yeah. uh what was it? it was 2007 you were traded to florida by the red wings right yeah the second round yeah. pick. i was still in junior then you're so. still in junior for todd Burdell. i
1: offered you to stay at my house and you said no you're staying with stephen weiss i remember that <laughs> i didn't forget that <laughs> and then march 4th
2: you <laughs> uh, traded to vancouver of course for roberto luongo went full circle for Tuesday, and then <laughs> yeah i was gonna luongo. say that that uh there's this thing you do in baseball sometimes you have fun you take a player and you go and look at their trade tree and see who that was acquired they were acquired for and who then that player ended up being acquired for and all this stuff Uh, what's this day like for guys you know stressful
3: (laughs) it's it's tough because you're constantly looking at the clock and when i was traded from uh, florida to vancouver we were on the bus to the game and i remember thinking our player rep for the PA had just been traded and I was the second guy and I hadn't paid attention to one meeting so now all of a sudden I'm like oh my god I gotta take care of this job so mm-hmm. I was actually kind of happy to get traded two hours later <laughs> but I was on the bus and I could hear the that's when Luongo tweeted out the palm tree and all the guys are talking so you can hear the whispers and it's not a great feeling because you, you already feel like you're on the outside and you go into the rink and all of a sudden the coach goes Sean can we have a word and you know your whole world gets flipped upside down so i went from boston and then the next morning i was in dallas uh morning skate with um the vancouver canucks and my wife she was nice enough to hop on a flight with a bag full of clothes for me because i only had clothes for one day right. so it's a it's a time of year that's stressful on the player stressful on the uh family but it's um it always brings a new opportunity for myself it was great going to vancouver met a lot of great guys and a lot of guys have good uh fond memories of being traded
1: Yeah, I played in uh, Florida. I never got traded, but I was around for some good trade stories. Um, I remember we had a... uh a late practice and it was around three o'clock and the guys were watching the deadline. Mm-hmm. And one of our defensemen found out he got traded live on air. Who is that? <laughs> uh, Ruslan Soleil. So he yeah. was like, and then he started screaming and rushing and swearing and rushing. <laughs> this is unprofessional. This is a joke. <laughs> and, and then, uh, I think in 2015, my brother actually was on the line talking about the potential of getting traded. And they broke the news to him while he was on air saying, uh, Chris, you've actually just been traded to from Buffalo to Minnesota. And he's like, uh, oh, that sounds good. So yeah. <laughs> he couldn't really process yep. the, the moment uh, live on air. So uh, it's, it's, it's a crazy time of year. And, you know, I haven't had the, uh, the chance to play on a lot of formidable teams. So there's a lot of movement. And, you know, you're wondering who's coming, who's going, you know, where they're going to stay and where they're going to fit in the lineup. And I was always worried about guys when they got traded to, uh, to my team. Hey, am right. I going on the press box? Am I going on the fourth line? Am I potentially right. going down to the minors? So and, it's a stressful time of year, you know, top to bottom.
3: And to your point, when you get traded to a team, you're already knowing that you're going to get an opportunity. Yeah. So you know you're going to get some ice time that maybe you didn't have in your former mm-hmm. team. And, and like Anthony said, when you're the guy watching someone come in who's a left winger like I was, I mean, it does get you a little nervous. So it gets, you, it gets the whole team fired up so it can yeah. make you play your best hockey and uh, it can bring a lot of good to it as yeah. well.
1: My brother got traded last year from uh, Minnesota to Calgary. Right. First game he's playing with Monaghan and Goudreau. He lasted one period. So he went from one period to the press box. <laughs> he knows exactly your are called the game. Doug McLean joining us.
2: Uh, Doug, before we bring in, I just want to ask you, Sean, what's the dressing room like a couple of days before the trade deadline? Guys, was there a lot of chatter, uh, you know, or, or do guys try to block it out? I think guys just try and block it out because –
3: you don't need anything else, you know. There's so many things going on day to day, and if you have a game that night, you don't want to be talking about that in morning skates. So, for the most part, guys are professional, and maybe the the odd joke here and there, but guys usually keep that stuff pretty quiet.
2: Mm. Well, this is a guy who's traded people at the deadline. We got a guy who's traded twice, and we got a guy who's traded
0: people was, at the deadline. I've been, I've traded a lot of guys, and I've been fired a lot. <laughs> <laughs> well, that seems to go
2: go hand in hand, isn't it? The more trades you make. Um, exactly. Do we forget sometimes, you know, I was watching the Henrik Lundqvist interview yesterday, and do we forget sometimes, Doug, that you are dealing with human beings when you make these deals? Like, whether or not that was over the top, do we forget sometimes that these are guys that, you
0: know, they're real people, right? They got real lives. They got real friends. I traded a guy uh, one time, high-profile guy, and I moved him at the deadline, and he bawled. Mm-hmm. He he broke down. He, like, he was in Columbus. His family loved it. He was excited, you know, sort of helping the rebuild and, you know, starting the franchise. He was devastated. And it, like, it sort of rocked me mm-hmm. a bit. So I, I said to him, I said, do you know who I just traded you to? <laughs> I just traded you to Tampa. And they're favored to win the cup. And it's Florida. So it's the best trade I ever made. Yeah. Daryl Sador to Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah. It was the best trade I ever made for Tampa. Right. Didn't oh. work out great for me, but no. it worked out great for <laughs> Daryl. So then he goes to Florida and wins the Stanley Cup and was a star for them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you, you, but it does rock you. Some guys are, you know, when your guy's comfortable, and the family's comfortable, it, it's it's not an easy part of the job. It really isn't. Did you have guys come up and
2: around the deadline and just ask you, Mac, am I going anywhere? Or Where's is it? there sort of, or I'll ask you guys that. Do you oh. ever do that with any of your coaches or just... No, you don't do that. Coaches are GMs.
1: I did that in junior. Larry Mavity, uh, (laughs) there was a rumor that he was trading me to uh, Mississauga uh, Ice Dogs and I was uh, was in his office. I'm like, I had my NHL contract. I was leaving. My brother was on the team. I said, Mav, if you trade me right now, I'm gonna quit. I'm gonna go to California and live with my girlfriend for the rest of the season. It'll work. Oh, I'm not trading you, don't worry. So it actually worked because I stood in the in his office until the deadline. Every time he was on the phone, I was asking, him, Hey, who are you talking to? Who are you talking to there? So I actually made sure he did not trade me in junior.
0: I, I had a I had a situation where I a team phoned me about Adam Foote. He was mm-hmm. my captain and they phoned, and said, You know, would you consider moving Adam Foot? And I said, No, I'm not, I'm not moving Adam Foot. Then the the GM obviously phoned. <laughs> the agent, mm-hmm. and they try to work through the back door to put more pr- put pressure on me to get me to move them. So I'm walking in the training room. We're playing Vancouver one night, foot, foot's on the bike, and he said, I hear you're shopping me. I said, shopping? What do you mean I'm shopping you? And he said, well, that's what I'm being told, that you're shopping me. Now, it just it makes you like an, in an uncomfortable mm-hmm. position because he thinks you're lying. I said, no, no, I had somebody phone about you. And I said no. So I phoned the GM, and I was like, seriously, what are you doing here, you know? How does this stuff get out, you know? Because Footer was a, you know, he was a captain, yeah. an important guy, big, big, you know, had a great career. And for him to think I'm shopping him really pissed me off, to be quite honest.
2: Uh, but anyway.
3: I think what's so tough for players, though, is you get used to your routine. Yeah. For myself, I was in Florida for five years. I knew where I had breakfast. I know where I got my suits dry cleaned. I knew my route to the rink.
1: Pizza they time for lunch.
0: Pizza time for lunch. And you knew you knew where the elbow room was. I didn't know where that especially when (laughs) I got you (laughs) Area. Everybody knows where the elbow room is. But now you, they hide in Delray, those guys. I see them yeah. in Delray. They're hiding down there where There was a I live. rule.
1: You were not allowed to live, live in Fort Lauderdale. They actually started that rule my first year. You're not allowed to live in Fort Lauderdale. Really? Yeah. They were blamed it on the traffic. It was too much traffic.
3: We you had guys. a couple coaches doing a beer chug-off in front of the boys <laughs> a couple years ago in the elbow room. So it's, uh, Why it's would, a unique place. I won't mention who it
2: is, but there was, a, uh, there was a baseball player, a guy for the Toronto Blue Jays. I won't mention any names. When he was with the Florida Marlins, he lived at the Clevelander,
0: the no, Clevelander no, no, Hotel on South no, Beach, no, no, above been, above the pool. I've been there. <laughs> yeah,
2: <we'll, laughs> yeah. That's uh, needless to say, there was not a lot of sleep. Uh, there was not a lot of sleep received then. Um, let's talk a little bit about the Leafs. Doug, you were on starting lineup. You talked about you know hearing that some of the some names, uh, maybe one of the forwards in play. You know, I, I was thinking about this. If you're a general manager, if you're the Leafs, you got a lot of speedy guys. You got a lot of skilled guys. You got a lot of left-hand shots and defense. <laughs> You've you got a lot of one one or two commodities. Mm-hmm. Aren't you almost obligated to try to add the commodity you don't have? When uh, well,
0: you know you hate to say names, but for me, the natural guy to be moved here is Connor Brown. Mm-hmm. He's a guy that could help a lot of teams, right? He he, does, he third line or second line right, forward. He way. he doesn't he doesn't play, you know, he doesn't get enough minutes. He's a good solid player. He could go somewhere and be easily a top 9, you know, yeah. and maybe on some teams a top 6 if he got with the right people. He's a character kid, he's got speed. To me, that's a logical guy that you can move for a reasonable depth defenseman. Like a mm-hmm. defenseman that could come in and be a number Five, six, seven—maybe right. more of a six-type of guy. That—that's what I Somebody see. Somebody that can take
2: ice time away yeah. from Nikita
0: Zaitsev. Yeah, that's Although,
2: right. yeah. again, you—or
0: would... not only that, but if like everybody says, well, if they pay the Bruins, they're not going to win. If if Freddie Anderson outplays Tuukka that becomes a heck of a series. Mm-hmm. So if you're gonna if you go deep in the playoffs, you need eight to ten defensemen to get you through. So if you're comfortable with the you know six, seven, eight they have in their organization, if if not, they should be. Probably trying to pick somebody up, and I just see Connor could use it. For me, he could use a change.
3: Yeah, not to mention he had 20 goals his rookie year. So, exactly.
2: Yeah. Do you feel differently about this team now that the Leafs than you did two weeks ago, based on what we've seen in some games recently? I got you know the slow starts just drive me around the bend, but I don't know if that's something you address via trade. But do you do you
0: feel any differently about this team now than you did? You know what? What, what bothers the, like I, I I watched them play Vegas. And I thought, wow, they look like they're playoff ready. That was an emotional, action-packed, physical. It it, it had everything that mm-hmm. Vegas game, and they played exceptionally well. And then they it, its almost like they're—they're they're a little too cocky for their own good. They—they—they—they they, they go hard when they're. I remember one night in in Winnipeg, going into Winnipeg, a tough game on the road. They go in there and they play unbelievably mm-hmm. well in Winnipeg. You know, so the inconsistency. Right now bothers me a little bit because you get into a seven-game series, it's going to be Vegas every night. Yeah, that's what it's going to be like for seven straight games. So I, they're just they're, they're not playoff ready enough for me yet, and that's that's experience. Columbus,
2: that, I was going to say your old team, boy, they're they're going all in, aren't they? Say well, that well,
0: way. they have to. Bobrovsky and Panarin have put them in this situation. Yeah. They they had no choice here but to to you know get Duchesne. I sort of said it a month ago, you know, move Panarin, get Duchesne, which I thought they could get done, use the assets for Panarin to pay for Duchesne. Well, mm-hmm. now the decision is, do they keep them both and try to go for it? Here's the problem. If you go for it and you lose in the first or second round, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you've got Dzingle, Duchesne, Panarin, and Bobrovsky all walking out the door and you've given up 10 draft picks. Yeah. That's a, that's a big Set hole. If, if, if. They don't get any of them signed. Now, they may get them signed, but they may get Duchesne signed, and they may, you know, whatever else they do, they may get DeZingle done too, I don't know.
2: But Yeah, I, I was when I was just sitting down and adding up their draft picks, and, you know, we talked to Chris Johnson about this a little bit. That every, I mean, everybody knows this. In a salary cap league, there is a value to that second, third-round draft pick now. Big I mean, time. People always sort of go, well, it's not a first-round pick. It's only a third-round pick.
0: Yeah, no, it's... The, the days of the five-year rebuild are over. It's one-year rebuilds now. Yeah. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't go five years anymore. It's, the kids go in the lineup. The kids are better now. The kids can contribute earlier. They're, they're valuable picks, valuable to trade, uh, to trade draft picks. Yeah. Now we're into twenty. We're trading 21 drafts.
2: Yeah, I know.
0: <laughs> it's almost getting like junior. <laughs> Seriously.
2: Doug, we're going to let you run. I know you've got a lot of work to do. Thanks so much, man. I got nothing to do. Dude, we gotta go break something. <laughs> go break something. I mean, look, everybody's running around doing stuff. Not really. <laughs> anyway. Actually, they're not. Are Very they up <laughs> <wait>. Thanks, <laughs> you know they, guys. Thanks. Have fun. Thanks. Take care. Doug McLean, uh, tra- uh, part of Hockey Central's trade deadline coverage all day in the four regionals. You're right. There's just there's a lot of guys just kind of talking. It's, it's no It's like, right a, movie now. Movie Elliot, it like a movie set. Movie set waiting for the stars. Elliot and uh, Shannon and CJ are talking over there.
1: I'm waiting for Steve Dangle. When he's when's he come? When's his segment
2: coming on? Well, he's I don't know. I think they've got him. They've got a special room. He's in the ice surface. I
1: want to actually teach him how to play hockey because I'm on the ice 12, 15 hours a week. You I see think the video in, of him skating. I think in three months I can get him up to house league level. <laughs>
2: <laughs> three months. <laughs> I just don't
1: understand how, how
2: I was I was going to say how a Canadian can't skate. I but
1: how is your name Dangle and you have no Dangle? Well, that's. <laughs> Sorry to call about. I are, saw the video. Just, there are so
2: many places I could go with that, call me. <laughs> and I'm just not. I'm just not going to do it. Steve, call me. I'm just not going to do it. There you go. Free. Uh, uh, ice, now ice we Ice go. prices these days. Yeah. Now we go. Ice yeah. Prices ice will prices. Gotcha.
1: What is it per hour now? Three fifty some places. Three seventy five uh, an hour.
2: Is it cash. Cash. I think Dangle would fork over 375? Absolutely not. I don't think so either. Maybe <laughs> you can get a sponsorship. Uh, it's least Morning Skate with Blair Stewart and Matthias. We'll take a break when we come back. Brian Burke joins us. Don't go anywhere.
0: Go here, there, and everywhere, everywhere. with Jeff Blair. Jeff Blair. Subscribe to podcasts of the Jeff Blair Show at iTunes or with your favorite podcatcher, Sportsnet 590, the fan on demand. Back to Leafs Morning Skate on Sportsnet 590, The
2: Fan. I want to remind you that this week you have the chance to win a spot on the Coors Light Northern Invasion to see the Raptors in Detroit this weekend, just Sunday, March 3rd. And uh, what we're asking you to do is get the daily password and enter it online for your chance to win. Of course, you can do that at sportsnet.ca slash 590. Today's password is hoop. You have until Thursday at midnight to enter, and in order to officially win, tune in Friday morning, listen for your name, and call back within 590 seconds for full contest details. Go to sportsnet.ca/slash 590. We've also got a pair of gondola suite tickets to see the Leafs host the Oilers this Wednesday, and we're going to give them to the fifth caller through at 416-870-0590, star 591 590 Again, fifth caller through you will get a pair of gondola suite tickets to see the Leafs host the Oilers this Wednesday. It is Leafs morning skate. Jeff Blair, Anthony Stewart, Sean Mathias, Elliot Friedman just reporting that the Toronto Maple Leafs will call up Trevor Moore for tonight's game against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, It is NHL trade deadline day. Hockey Central's trade deadline on all the regional channels, Sportsnet regional channels. We will, of course, be broadcasting live from the CBC all day. As uh, we get you caught up to date, Uh, the last big move made: the Winnipeg Jets acquiring Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers in return for Brendan Lemieux, a first-round draft pick, and a conditional draft pick. We just had uh, Doug McLean in here, and we were talking about uh, the Leafs' needs, and um, you know, Sean, uh, Sean Matthias again. You know, we've talked about the fourth line, the need for toughness, the need for a little more, for more depth on defense. Who do you see right now, both you guys, who do you see right now as the weak link on this team if you were going into the playoffs right now? Anthony. Player-wise? Yeah. See, to me, it's, to me, it's Zaitsev.
1: Yeah, but the D is 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 not too bad. Everyone's on Hainsey, you know, about how he's playing, but he's, you know, I think he's at a plus 25 in the season. So I think they're pretty stable back there, but I'm worried about this fourth line. So I'd have to say, you know, Gauthier mm-hmm. because... That fourth line, you need to, you know, do something out there and it starts with winning face So you need to be able to be responsibly, you know, defensively to win that big face-off so you start, you know y- – you start with puck possession, so I really am not a big fan of the puck possession numbers for that fourth line in general, so I think they need to get a proven fourth line center a guy mm-hmm. that can you know win those big face offs that can get pucks deep, protect the puck, get to the net, you know throw a face wash here and there, so i know it's it 's sounding all it's old school hockey, old time hockey, but it, I think it's really underrated how much and underappreciated guys like that are. So we we're talking about like a Brosiac and a Hendricks and, and mm-hmm. guys like that. So I'm not sure what's out there, but at the same time, you can't be mortgaging the future. So, you know, you can get one of those guys for a, a fourth, a fifth round, you know, a fifth rounder. So mm-hmm. um, you're not giving up the farm and you can have the chance to get one of those guys. I think you got to step up and, and make that play.
3: I thought it was interesting what Doug said about trading maybe Connor Brown for a depth defenseman. Because if you really – he mentioned 8 to 10 D-men for playoff pushes if you're going to go far. Yep. And you mentioned uh, Zaysev, how he's a weak link. Well, if someone goes down on the back end, I mean, they don't really have anyone else that can come step up, right? Yep. So I think that's pretty interesting hearing someone who's been a general manager, done this a lot longer. Well, yep. we've never done this. Yep. We've never right. built a team I, or anything, but yep. – I think hearing him talk about adding more depth, depth back end is huge.
1: But I think you're a little. What if Zaitsev was at? He was coming up. He's got one more year left at two and a half million dollars. I think I, you're just worried about Zaitsev because of his contract I, and his I term admit, and stuff like that. So we're just talking about player personnel. We're going for the cup this year. Yeah. I don't think Zaitsev. No, I
2: admit that's that's, yeah. that's 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 part of the issue. I look at that contract. You know, if you didn't have that contract hanging contract hanging over the, your head, and you were getting rid of Jake Gardner at the end, of the, you'd have no salary cap issues, yeah. man. You could, you yeah. could, you'd be, you'd be golden. I admit that's part of that. That's part of the reason. I also admit that I think Nikita Zaitsev is an easy target at times because people do. It's funny people watch him play, and I know that the fans are thinking of the contract when you watch him play. And then there, in Anthony, you're right. There's a danger in that. The contract. You know, he signed a contract that Lou Lamorello offered him. He didn't do anything wrong. And sometimes, though, with players, Sean, people are – you're watching the contract. You're not watching what Nikita Zaitsev's doing. You're watching what – God, he got that guy for another three years.
3: I think I'd be more concerned with Marlowe at six next year and uh, Mm. Brown at 2.3 because, I mean, for $6 million for an aging forward who's – I mean, he has almost 30 points this year in 50-some-odd games, so he's he's still contributing. But there's a lot of nights where – He's getting older. He's an older player, and another year, another year of playoff push, a grind on the body. That's tough for someone at that age. And then Connor Brown. I mean, he was a 20 goal scorer, and change the scenery, would be nice to bring a lot. So those two contracts, I think, are a little bit tougher on the team than uh, Zaitsev.
1: So why is the microscope on Zaitsev? You know, well He's the contract, the contract, mm-hmm. but oh marlo great in the room, great in the room. He's driving guys yeah, to six million, though. Driving Marner and guys around in the back seat, and so. It's got to go both ways, right? So mm-hmm. I think we're talking about right now. We're trying to go for a Stanley Cup. Contracts aside, personnel wise, what do they need? And you know who you know who's doing good. Who's doing I don't that?
3: think they want to mortgage their future, like you said, because I don't think this is the year that I think their their year to win is in a couple yeah. years. You got yeah. Matthews at five years. Mm-hmm. Yep. These guys are young players. Yep. Marner's a young player. He's there's still a learning curve here for these guys. They haven't even gotten past the first round. We talked last week about a team like the Blackhawks. I mean, they got close. They got to the conference finals, and then they finally went over the hump and they started winning cups. I think this team has a lot of potential to win not one but a couple Stanley Cups with this core. But I think they're still a year or two, maybe even three years away, so they don't want to get rid of guys that can help them in the future.
2: Do we like Nylander at center? I mean, I sure do. He looked good last game. I love having Nylander at center. I think that's – I've said this, that again, I'm not – Great hockey expert, but I've thought for past couple of years, I, I look at him as a center, he more than more than a more. winger. He looks great.
3: And he gets the puck with speed. And him yep. curling with the speed, going down the middle of the ice with the puck on his stick is a nice thing to watch.
1: I look him at center, but not on this team. You got Matthews, you got JT. You can't be paying $7 bucks for a third-line center. So I know he's doing a good job. You know, he was filling in for Kadri, but... Um, I think Kadri's got to get a little bit more responsibility because, remember, he's coming off a 30-goal season. He has the potential to do it, and he's sort of been eating a little bit of crow lately just due mm-hmm. to the abundance of forwards. So, I think
3: he's going to be good in playoffs, uh, though. So
1: that's why I think after July 1st, I think, see you later, Nylander, because, you know, you, Kadri, you know, he's almost the unsung hero of the team, in my opinion. Yeah, I don't
2: know. I, I th- the, the more I watch him play center, though, the more I I, I don't wonder or the, the more I find myself wondering if maybe that that versatility... So, so what are we going to do? We're going to bunch him, up Matthews and JT well, on the know, top yeah, line. I t- and- no, I got to <laughs> tell you this. You know what? I think yeah. one of the things I look at those centers. I almost think you have to operate under the assumption that Austin Matthews is going to miss a couple of couple of games every year with an injury. I and I that's not to say I'm not taking anything away from him. But the, the you know the recent track record's there. And yeah. I I boy, if I have a guy like Nylander that has that elite skill at center and wing, t- t- to me to me I I, I just. I can't even begin to think of trading William Nylander. But you sign Nealander to play with Matthews, and then I think, and then what do you do with Capitan?
3: That's why Marlow yeah. hurts the team. He's he's not a bottom six player. He's never been a bottom six player. You can't expect him at this late in his career mm-hmm. to go play fourth line minutes or third line minutes and be a grinder out there. He's making six million bucks. That's more than what Capitan is going to make. And you talk about Nylander. So do you put a six million dollar guy or a seven million dollar guy on the third line? Because Marlow Brown,
1: untouchable. That's that's just the way it is with you know, according to bats. I don't Uh, know if Brown
2: I'm getting the sense from what we're hearing. I, I can see a guy like Connor Brown moving. I see I it. say Captain Captain
1: gone before Brown. andreas Johnson, 100%
2: yeah. on that one. I'm
1: not saying it's right or wrong. I'm
2: saying that's just I think Mike Babs has his new guy. <laughs> andreas Johnson is his new guy, you yeah. know? So he's <laughs> Connor Brown is like, you know, that's that it's was the- like that it's was like Bab the great 9 a <laughs> <laughs> That's a great 9 romance, man. That's a great 9 romance. That's gone. That's oh. gone, you know. Babs has got the blonde Swede. the that other that other romance is uh, is is gone. Uh, it'll be the lease and the Sabers tonight. Uh, we talked about uh, the Buffalo Sabers making an acquisition last night. We had Brandon Montour on uh, from the uh, airport in Vancouver. Stu, you were quite quite surprised when he said that he was with the guys down at the spa when he heard he was traded <laughs> <laughs> i said i, I thought he a- was
1: in confidence but i guess if you put it in a public form it's not uh, it's not private but yeah that's kind of weird <laughs> with all the happenings that you're at the spa so i think uh, maybe that he was maybe at the gym and maybe in the steam room slash sauna i don't know
2: oh, days off man i just <laughs> okay here now here's an off the wall question would you rather have the day of the trade deadline off or would you rather be playing if you're if you're a player a guy who would you rather would you rather be playing I would the rather it off. I would ready? rather
1: it off because if you are at the rink, what are you going to be doing? You are going to be at the uh, on your phone. You are going to be watching, uh, you know, trade deadline day on Sportsnet, and you are going to be distracted the whole day entirely, anyways. So, especially now, the least we're talking about slow starts. Mm-hmm. You think this distraction is going to help their slow starts? They're going to be, you know, until three p.m. Usually by uh, you know one o'clock, you are taking your nap. No one's taking a nap because they're waiting for their phone to ring, thinking that they got traded, right? So, I prefer to have the day off, take the day off away from the rink, go watch some TV update your Twitter feed, Um, you know, tell some people, hashtag pack pack your stuff and, you know, make some jokes at the expense of some other guys getting traded and get uh, ready to come uh, to the rink the next day.
3: I've been traded three times, once on a practice day, in the room with the boys. That was a pretty good laugh. And then the other time was day of a game and also a day off. And I would say the day off is the best one because you get time to pack, you get to go home, you get to relax a little bit, and you don't have to also be in the room with all the guys. Like, it's
2: awkward at times. Yeah. I uh, want to uh, congratulate, by the way, Lanca Fernando from Markham. Uh, you have won a pair of tickets to uh, the Leafs' gondola seats courtesy of Ignite TV, only from Rogers. All your entertainment, one simple search, you'll have another chance to win tomorrow. You can visit sportsnet.ca slash 590 for full contesting information. Just a few minutes left on uh, Leafs' morning skate with Anthony Stewart and Sean Mathias. Uh, again, The uh, last deal of significance, the Winnipeg Jets acquiring Kevin Hayes from the New York Rangers in return for Brendan Lemieux, a first-round draft pick and a conditional pick. Uh, We've heard a couple of things about the Leafs. One, that a forward may be in play. Two, from Chris Johnson, that uh, the, the, the scuttlebutt is out there that the Leafs may in fact be working on something big. And we've also heard people not anticipating anything from kyle dubas today I'll, I'll ask you guys this if the leafs don't do anything at the deadline sean what message does that send the dressing room good or bad well i think they're going to make
3: a trade here i think dubas likes to take a splash he's done it in the draft he's done it before but if they don't make a trade i think it's a good thing i think they show confidence in their group um as a player i mean it can be good to bring in someone, or it could be bad. You never know how that's going to mix and match the the lines and change mm-hmm. the chemistry. So I think it's a good thing for the guys to build confidence with one another and to build that morale in the dressing room.
1: I think it tells the group you got to watch out because you know Dubis is trying to make deals, so maybe it's just showing his little bit of the mm-hmm. incompetence a bit. But again, I, I think they're going to try to make one or two to add those depth players because they don't have to mortgage the future to do it. Uh, but like Sean said, it's it shows that, hey, you know what? We're trying to believe in the group. We're going to, you know, roll the dice. But maybe instead of a going all in this year, we're going to have a probably a two-year, two-, two three-year, you know, plan. To, and they should South believe
3: America. in this group because they're building something really special here. They got a great core. They just need those little pieces that take time The numbers to
1: come. don't add up. Two you don't have so? Two and wherever, you're, China, Russia, mm-hmm. two plus, one plus one equals two. So with these numbers inflating next year, I don't know how they're going to do it. They're going to cost, it's going to cost them one, two, possibly three, you know, you know, quality players down the line. So I guess we'll worry about that later. But I think they make one or two moves uh, today.
2: You you guys have been in dressing rooms, obviously. What, What will Mike Babcock say to his team before tonight's game? What, you know... What will Phil Housley say for the saver? What are coaches around the league going to be saying to their their guys before the game tonight? Do they address, hey, guys, the trade deadline's over. This is our group. Let's go get them. How do coaches handle it, Sean?
3: I'm sure he's addressing it more this morning and meetings and stuff, and then tonight it's all done, so it's just back to work. Babcock's a a true pro, so I'm I'm sure he's going to say what he says this morning then leave it at that and let the business side of things handle throughout the afternoon, then tonight they'll be back
2: at work. Yep, same. Just the mem shows, the same thing, yep. Yeah. Any have you did you have any experiences with coaches at the deadline who said anything to the team anything special or no? Um
1: no. We, I had a, one of my coaches make an Obama joke that we had to miss practice because of a, a post deadline okay. uh, <laughs> conference. But nothing. Again, the coaches don't really like this time of year. It's a distraction, and you know, I know yeah. behind the scenes they, they they have their wish list. And but again, they're happy to see this moment done so they can get back to work and prepare for the final and push. To
3: Babcock's credit though, when I got traded from Toronto, he gave me a call and we talked for quite a long time and. Gave me some pointers for my career and stuff. So, I mean, he does care about the players and stuff like that. And uh, I, I know for myself that meant a lot hearing uh, what he had to say and the advice he gave me after being traded.
2: Yeah, and I would think, too, that, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, well, we heard from Doug McLean. I, I think there's more of an awareness now. I mean, it's a business. We know that. But I think there's also more of an awareness of the personal aspect of, uh, of this as well. Guys, this was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing this. Thanks a yeah, lot. Thanks uh, Again, the uh, NHL trade deadline, Hockey Central trade deadline coverage continuing on all the Sportsnet regional channels and, of course, continuing right here on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Leafs and Sabres tonight. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody.